Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Uh, welcome to it. Well, it is off the bench without Scotty Sattler. He's got the uh, well, he's got the summer season off. Uh, welcome to it. This is where we uh, look at the best interviews from the week uh, on Sports Day. And boy, haven't we got some names coming up today on the show? We've got uh, Yana Pittman shortly. We've got Mitchell Swepson, who was we caught up with him just as he's about to board a flight with the Aussie cricket team to head over to uh, the UAE. We'll see how he's going as well. Chris Nelson. Will also join us, and he'll have a chat to us uh, with some tips for Saturday racing around the country. But as promised, SAS has been a real big hit around the country, and this lady has changed opinions galore. Her name is Yana Pittman, and we caught up with her. So looking forward to speaking to this lady. She is an absolute legend on SAS, uh, mum of four, dual Olympian. I mean, I forgot she competed at the Winter Olympics. Did you badge? You probably did. Mm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, you know. Must be the bobsled. It was the bobsled, absolutely. The summer games, now doctor. And the thing that really blew me away, she gave birth six months before going on SAS. And last night, last night, she had to put up with this. Right, let's go, let's go. Don't go too far, make it come to you. Balancing over a torrent of rushing water. Eyes on the prize, come on. She's already off balance. It's every recruit for themselves as they attempt to knock one another off by any means necessary. (laughs) Using the sand to blind and unbalance her, (laughs) Jessica has defeated Yana. Oh, wow. She threw sand sand in her face. And we're now advanced to round two. It's a little bit dust. Nah, man. We were talking about this before, Badge, and let's bring in Yana. Yana, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks, guys. Um, we were talking about this earlier, and, uh, I mean, she was almost encouraged to do that. And and I understand if she was going up against the Taliban or an enemy, yeah, sure, do that. But <laughs> you, 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 it's, at the end of the day, whilst it looks extremely brutal, it's still a contest. And you're a doctor, for God's sake. You don't throw dirt into the eyes of, of, of someone like that. I mean, what was it like when it happened? A couple of things there. Firstly, I'd be pretty scared to say no to Billy Billingham as well, who's the one who put the sand in her hand. But I think actually it's a great conversation starter because I know Jess. We're good friends and it would have been a really tough decision. I mean, I grew up watching her mum, Nova Paris Nebo, when I raised her. Jess grew up watching me. So you can kind of imagine the conundrum that she put herself in thinking, do I or don't I do this? Um, so it's one of those, do you go with your own morals? As in, do you, you know, I guess, do something that would be against your character to win at all costs? Or do you defy the rules of the game, which is what the DS had set her to do? We were, it was very strict for us saying at what all costs get across that bar. But in truth, she'd have beaten me anyway, guys. I was like struggling to stay up on the beam. All she had to do was push me off. And she, <laughs> no, I don't know why. I just, I'm, my, my coordination is, I know I should be a hurdler, so I should be like eight at this stuff. And most of the challenges, I, you know, I think my size was a real advantage, but I was wobbling like an idiot on that pole. So anyway, look, as I said, it's a great conversation, Stadler, Stadler, would you or wouldn't you? Um, and I wouldn't have wanted to be put in that position. And you said that. You said that later on going back in the van, you know, and, and uh, who else was in there Did, talking about you, saying they wouldn't do the it as well? Sure. Yes. Yeah, he's AFL, all, he's sure. Yeah, he was yeah. saying he wouldn't do it either. Um, and I'm glad. No, and I, look, I don't think... It, 
it's a tough call because, as I said, you, you want to be disciplined. We get taught as athletes, as you know, you've interviewed so many of us, to listen to your coach and to listen to the person who's your superior. And we were there to learn from the DS. So, and it's funny because in that car, I didn't at that point initially know that, that she'd been instructed to do it until John actually told me. So right. it, was an, it was a situation, obviously, it's the TV, they want to dramatise it, but you know, it's what puts bums on seats. So it's an, it was very different for me once I knew that she was told to rather than it was her decision. Uh, hey, Yana, and, and I guess it was probably also, I think you alluded to before, it was probably a bit of a, a test to see if she would do what she was told because they might have blown up if she didn't and, and she'd lost. Is, yeah. is there much that you're, you're watching this series back? Is there much that you're seeing now that you had no idea had happened? Like, you know, the personalities of different people when they, yeah. when they get grilled. Is, is there much that's surprising for you? It's actually it's mostly been really positive. So, like, I loved hearing Mark Filippoussis talk about his, you know, his fast cars and his upbringing, and and I, I he was partnered with me for a lot of the exercises. So I saw this beautiful, gentle soul and his loving, you know, loving husband adores his kids. So it was really interesting to see what had been happening in the media for him when he was a superstar tennis player and how he's changed as a man. So that's what I've loved with this is you've actually seen an inside story into these athletes that we've watched as superstars, or not just athletes, sports, you know, sports actors. Um, politicians uh, and, mm. and what their backstories are. So we got to know each other as people, as friends. And, and one thing that's really come out of this that's been lovely is we've got this huge network of people we'll go through life together. We've stayed really close, the majority of us, in, in, in the course. So that's, yeah. to me, what was amazing, was to watch, watch the spirit and character of people. It's been incredible to watch. And a bit shocking time, too. It, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's, I was a bit shocked last night. Heath Shaw and Jet Kenny. Like, I, I, was, I, I remember I it, believe it happening on the night. Going, Those guys are like extraordinary athletes. Yeah, you yeah, can't. So well, you couldn't tell. I mean, no, no way we could tell that Jet Kenny was just struggling for food until the, yeah. you know, until the, uh, the the voiceover guy told us. But he's <laughs> just running out of energy, wasn't he? And he was literally stuck. Yeah, so. and he, a few people. Manu hated it. I mean, but you can understand with him when he, yeah. <laughs> he's such a great cook, so he, he hated the food really badly. But Jet every morning struggled to get that porridge in, and it was gluggy, guys. Like, I'm talking as the yuckiest thing you've ever seen. But it was food and it was fuel. And that's where Sam and a couple of other guys did very well because they just ate no matter what. It's fuel, get it down, do the job, move on. Um, but, yeah, he really struggled, and he often missed – if it was something he wouldn't eat, he would just miss the meal, which is, I think, honestly, what was, was his undoing because he's an incredible athlete, incredible strength of mind as well, obviously brought up by mm. his amazing parents. So. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was one to watch and shocked me as you probably saw on the show. I was like, "What? He's gone? Why?" <laughs> He's yeah. Gone. yeah, yeah. I've I've yeah, seen them notice that that Jess we were talking about. She is a bit of a panicker, and everything that's coming up, she's quite, she's she's got some negative thoughts about it. She doesn't like surprises, and you're always going to cop stuff that you just do not know is coming. I mean, you've had some in, incredible things you guys have had to do, but you being that other side of your life apart from an athlete, you being a doctor. And coming across the unexpected, has, has that, has that helped you or did that help you in coping with these new yeah. situations? A hundred percent. It's actually, it's great that you say that because I think in medicine, we are constantly faced with challenges, particularly emergencies. Like, you know, if someone, I mean, I'm obstetrics now. So if a woman's bleeding after having a baby, it's quick, you know, you haven't got time. Or if the, if the baby doesn't look like it's doing well inside the mum, we have to expedite the birth. Mm. So I think certainly in those sort of settings, that was a real advantage. One of the hardest things I actually had with the show for most athletes was the never knowing when it was going to stop. So we have a very prescriptive training program. You know, here's your, here's your 100 metres, you're going to run 10 of them, and then you stop, you'll throw up a bit and do 10 more. Whereas this was very, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> idea. <laughs> no idea when you were going to stop. 
Yeah, I was really, um, I was really touched when you were interviewed and, and you said, you know, there was a point there in your life. I think you had three kids at that time, Yana, to support and you didn't know how you were going to support them and you, you're relying on your parents. Was that the thing that kept, kept you motivated as well when times got tough on SAS? Or did, and did it help you move forward past all that? It motivates me every day of my life, in all truth. It was, I mean, I, I was devastated when losing the Olympics and, and lots of sports things that have happened, you know, where you think you're at your, your bottom of your life. But that was honestly one of the hardest things I ever went through. And it was partly due to my pride. I didn't ask early enough. Um, so I got my parent, my kids into a really tricky situation where we honestly were living in our garage and I'd rented the rooms in my house out and was barely able to put food on the table till I finally had the courage to go and say to mum and dad, I need help. And of mm. course they helped. You know, I'm, I'm mm. privileged to have parents that could because I know a lot of us don't have, you know, um, parents that have the financial capacity to be able to help. But it was hard, guys. But it's taught me so many lessons, as you say. So, yes, every time you think you're going to fail, you're like, it can't be as bad as that. Or, look, we got, you got yourself through that. So um, it, was a, it was a great lesson to learn how little you need to survive and how capable as humans we are if we can just get over our own egos, I guess, which is, which is what I needed to do. It must have been tough leaving a six-month-old and, and, and the other three kids as well. How did you cope? <laughs> I cried all the way there because it was a two-hour <laughs> drive. Um, what actually made a huge difference was, I worked it out the other day, is I reckon 10 or more, there was only the young ones basically didn't have kids. Majority of us on the show had kids. Yes, but um, you had a Murray, baby example, six months ago. This is true. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> John Stephenson had a young little one too, and Pete Murray's wife was not, uh, eight months pregnant. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I think it was – so we talked about it. You know, we really – I mean, we didn't show that much on the show. We talked about that, our missing our kids and, 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 and what that meant. But I wanted this opportunity. You know, I've always been a – secretly wanted to join the army when I was a young person really? and my brother did and he served his country yeah so my brother was in Afghanistan he was a he's an he's a, he's a, um, army veteran and my grandfather yeah. was in the army my husband's um, brother was in the navy so I guess it's, I'm all around it and I just always felt like the regimented lifestyle and, and what it takes to be a soldier is something I, I would love to do um, and so I guess it was it was an opportunity and I guess I worried that I wouldn't get a second chance so you know, I think the show's been a success and there'll be many more series to come as they've just announced Series 3 and perhaps we should have waited for that one and been, you know, 11 months after having a baby. But you don't know what life's going to strike you, do you? So Are I you wanted, going again? I to share. Have, you, have you put your hand up for Series 3? I'd give it a go. <laughs> you would, wow. Three, <laughs> Unbelievable. Because there's yeah. all new challenges. Like, who, who, who wouldn't want to be thrown out of a helicopter and drive uh, backwards off cliffs? Uh, most like of us. It was just oh, really? just that stuff they get you yeah. guys to do. Um, how much doctoring were you? How much treating were you doing? Of, of was there a lot more than we're seeing? We've seen a, a bit of it, but yeah, I mean, I everyone's lo- got some issues. Well, to be honest, actually, it kept me sane. Well, it kept me sane because there's a lot of time where you're just sort of sitting around waiting to be attacked by the DS, like waiting for them to you know throw a tear gas at you again or just something to be thrown at you in the middle of the night. So for me, it gave me more normality. And yes, you should see some of the wounds. Like John Stephenson, if you ever, I hope you put them on social media. Some of the blisters he had on his hands and his um, fingers were the worst blisters I've ever seen in my life. Like worse than some of the deep third degree burns I've seen. They were horrific. So we dressed most of them every day and we were specifically told not to go to the doctor unless it was like your legs falling off. So mm. I got to... I got to do all the little things, splinters and cuts and bruises, and yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Was, was there someone, I mean, you've you, you, you really bonded, as you said, with the people on it. Was there someone that you just couldn't bond with, that you just didn't yeah, it didn't click with? Yeah. This is where we dig, dig <laughs> a bit of me. dirt up. 
Not you. Really big <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, I mean, I, I thought Kobe Abbott and I wouldn't get along, but actually we got we ended up getting along so well and we've kept in contact quite a lot since the show oh, ended. Nice. So, um, well, he's got a place in Bali like, if you're ever looking for, some, looking for someone <laughs> yeah. to stay in Bali. He's <laughs> over true. there. Take the kid. And yeah, yeah so I just love his authentic he was. Did, so, Dan, did, Dan um, Ewing, no, did Dan Ewing talk about himself in the third person a lot? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Dan. Again, would you? Maybe I, I don't know whether I like a collect, collect, eclectic friend because again, Dan's probably the other one I speak to almost every day. <laughs> he surprised yeah, no. me. He's actually surprised me. Actually, badge. He's extraordinary. And yeah, he's, he's yeah. Dan yeah. Ewing well, said I, Dan Ewing actually likes Yana too. That's what Dan Ewing said about. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I, I particularly like Dan because he's not an athlete. He's there in the final five. I mean, for those who know him well enough, obviously know he's a mad basketball fan. He's always been a bit of a sports nut. So I think he, but I, I, he, what, how proud can you be if you're, you're an actor by yeah. trade, but you match it with the best athletes? In fact, we go past some of the best athletes in the country. Like, it's true. pretty impressive. Yeah, true. All right, Yana, we're going to let you go. Um, it, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. You've been so brave on this show, and you've actually uh, you've blown us away. And do you win? Yeah, do you, do win? you win? Just That's tell us. Question. We won't. We won't tell <laughs> anyone. Yeah. You'll know soon. That's a hook and tease. Uh, We call that a hook and tease in the business. Any (laughs) any uh, possibility going back to athletics? Do you do anything around that area still, even just for fitness? Not really. No, good. No, yeah, just for fun. I can't get away from the running. I love it. The the wind in your hair is nothing better. But no, no competition. All right, we'll catch SAS Uh, tonight, seven thirty on Channel Seven and Seven Plus. Yana, uh, it's been a pleasure, as I said, and thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Ball gets in, yeah! Gets the wicket! Sweeps in with his fourth ball, knocks over Virat Kohli. Can you believe it? He'll be breathing well now. Sweeps in, look at the smile on his face. Three pretty ranked deliveries to open it up. Jeez, that's a bit... He brought you back down to earth in a hurry. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Swepson joins us as he prepares to hop on a plane to head over to the UAE for the T20 World Cup. Mate, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Have you spoken to Gilly about those comments? <laughs> no, I haven't had a chance to, but uh, to be completely fair to Gilly, he wasn't far off the mark. It was uh, not the greatest start um, back in the international cricket for me, but luckily enough, that ball... Uh, Sort of changed my momentum a little bit, but yeah, he, he was bang on. They were pretty pretty bad to start up. I've got to ask you a quick question, just as a, a massive cricket fan, mate. What, how, how shit scared are you bowling to a bloke like Coley, the best batsman in the world? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a funny one. It, it's like it, it is a bit daunting, but it's also really exhilarating at the same time. You stand at the top of your mark, you look at a guy that you you know watch score those runs um, all over the world on TV and. Um, it, it's just so exciting at the same time. So, you know, the heart rate goes up a bit. Um, you know, you, you get those emotions sort of come all over you. So, um, you know, I absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, looking back now, it's, um, you know, one one of the great moments of, I guess, my career so far is being able to, you know, bowl at one of the best batters going around at the moment and um, might, have to, uh, might have to do that again in the near future. <laughs> yeah, well, you're preparing to fly out, um, as Woogie said, to... Tonight. To the UAE, yeah, tonight for the uh, the T Twenty World Cup. What yep. are conditions like over there for for uh, for leggies, mate? Yeah, it's um, it's a good question, really. It's been sort of the question that um, everyone's sort of been asking me. Um, and, and 
to be honest, I I'll probably have to um, get some more information off the guys that are over there at the moment in the IPL once once we hit the ground over there. But um, all I know is that it is extremely hot over there at the moment, and generally when the conditions are hot, uh, the wickets dry out a bit, and um, usually when they're dry, they spin. So um, you know, fingers crossed for me, I guess personally that there's a bit of turn in the wickets, but um, we'll have to wait and see what happens when we get there. So you haven't been. What what are you what are your teammates telling you and what have people told you to expect when you get over there, apart from the heat, you know, what what else about getting around in the in the country or quarantining or the hotels you stay in? What are you what are you expecting? Yeah, we've had we've had a few um team briefs, I guess, and a few Zoom meetings and things like that just around uh, what sort of uh, the movements are like, and we've got a sort of small period of quarantine when we when we land in the UAE, and then um, for the duration of of the World Cup campaign, we're we're pretty much in a in a I guess bubble sort of um, conditions there, and um, mainly confined to a hotel and and then to the grounds as well. So there won't be a lot of you know heading out and about um, over in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. It'll be pretty pretty much contained to the hotel. So uh, that's that's as far as I know anyway. And, of course, the T20 World Cup's been played in Amman as well. Uh, just a side note. Just the, a camel ride away from the UAE. The Socceroos are playing tomorrow morning about 6am in Amman as well. So we're going to have two Aussie teams over in that part of the world competing in World Cups. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't think that would happen, happen too often. Um, mate, this squad... What's the feeling around the squad? Are, are you guys confident? We've struggled a little bit at T20 quick cricket of lates. How, what's the feeling amongst the players? Yeah, well, look, I guess I can only speak from, you know, the the recent tour I just went on, which was the tour to Bangladesh and, and the West Indies, which I guess result-wise wasn't, wasn't the greatest uh, from uh, our perspective. And um, I think looking at the squad we took there and the squad where going to the World Cup with, there's, there's a lot of changes and um, we've, we've got some really big name players, I think, back back in the squad and um, I think that, that changes the whole dynamic, I guess, a little bit of the team when you bring those match winners back into a lineup, um, It can really change the way uh, the whole team sort of operates. So um, it's really exciting that, to get those guys back in and amongst the guys like you know Maxwell, Warner, Smith, Cummins, mm. they're really big names in in T20 cricket, so um, yeah, it's really exciting, I guess, to be a part of a squad with guys like that in it, and um, yeah, like like you mentioned, once once we get there and um, get together as a squad, it'll it'll be all um, focusing on on bringing bringing the silverware home and, and winning that first World T20 World Cup for Australia. Well, you can't be too disappointed in the performance against the West Indies. I mean, they are the current world champs, and they they actually do play short form cricket pretty well. Just on those players you mentioned that are in the IPL. Will they be joining you guys for the warm-up games? I mean, Maxie's killing it in the IPL at the moment. Will they be jo- Will they be around for the warm-ups, or are they only coming in once you hit uh, or hit the tournament proper come October twenty-three? Uh, well, look, I don't know uh, selection-wise what, what's going to happen with those warm-up games, but um, as far as I know, the guys that um, are over there in the IPL will join join the squad as soon as their teams are finished with them um, in the IPL. So I'm not sure how that works with, you know, guys. Um, I think RCB, who who Glenn Maxwell's playing for, I think they're a chance of playing finals. So I think there's a few guys that might be a chance of playing late in the tournament. Yeah, I'm not right. sure how scheduling wise how that works, but um, yeah, look, I, I, as far as I know, those guys will be available for. Um, as soon as we, we get to the UAE and um, the whole squad will be together um, at that point. So, 
yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, you've got to get some practice time because I like a lot of players around the world. There's plenty that are, you know, under underdone, especially players that have stayed home in Australia. Hey, as you prepare to fly out, um, who don't you want to sit next to? Which one of your teammates would be the <laughs> least? Would you be your jaw drop if you draw a ticket, the seat next to him? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so I, I usually always answer Marnus Labuschagne to that question, but he's oh, obviously pissed. at the moment out, in the, uh, out playing for, for Queensland at the moment. But um, I guess because we're playing against Tassie, I don't really want to get stuck next to Wadey. Uh, I think the Tassies are going <laughs> all right at the moment. They're two for oh, two twenty against us on day one. So don't <laughs> tell me all about that. So I'll try and avoid him on the plane. Well, you won't get oh, you won't get the exit row when you sit, if you sit next to Wadey. He's only got short legs. So that won't be uh, that won't be too much of a concern. That's good. I might use that one. <laughs> you don't have to room with anyone, do you, over there, or do you get stuck with someone? No, no, we get our own rooms, uh, thankfully, which is which is a nice touch. Um, like like I said, when we get there, we've got a bit of a quarantine period, so we'll be about six days to ourselves um, in our rooms, and then um, yeah, we, we sort of move into the um, a separate part of the hotel out of quarantine. And, little bit more flexibility there. We can roam around the sort of the restaurants um, downstairs and, and team rooms and things like that. But, um, yeah, we get our own rooms, which is which is a nice touch. Yeah, nice. Uh, your heroes growing up, for those who don't know much about you, Warney and Brett Lee, opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to pace in bowling. Yeah, well, I guess that whole the, the whole team, that area, was, was I grew up watching, obviously, Warney spin a web and, um, he's obviously impacted, you know, my cricket, given being a leg spinner and watching him go about his business as a youngster. And yeah, loved watching being a bowl run in bowl fast. That was that was always fun watching him bowl. It was always something happening. And um, I guess from a Queenslander's perspective, I also loved um, watching Big Roy as well. He was um, yeah. he was always entertaining. Did everything that bowl field. Um, and, you know, the big dreadlocks and everything. He was just an entertainer. So <laughs> he was. Um, loved loved watching those blokes. As, have you done any work with Warney? Has Warney uh, helped you out at all? Yeah, look, I have actually. He's, he's had a, um, you know, he's popped his head in a couple of times uh, while I was in the test squad um, over the summers, and um, yeah, just giving me a few pointers here and there. He's always willing to, um, yeah, put his hand up and come over watch how they're coming out. Um, he's flicked me a couple of messages here and there. Um, during the big bash and things like that, so he's he's um, he's been actually uh, really helpful, and um, it's great that you know he's put his hand up and um, to to help me out like that. And um, obviously, anything I can pick up from him is is great. He's the greatest greatest leg spinner we've ever seen, so um, it's great to to have someone like that um, wanting to you know share tips and um, trying I guess make me into a better leg spinner. So yeah, he's been great. Yeah, well, this goes through until mid-November, the uh, the World T20, uh, T20 World Cup, and then you guys come home for the Ashes. When, do you know yet? Will you be, or when will you find out if you're in the Ashes squad, Mitch? Has that been named? No, no, it hasn't been named yet, um, and, and I'm not sure it will be named for um, at least a month, I think. Um, obviously not really sh- entirely sure um, yeah. on timelines, but, um, yeah, obviously... Um, Fingers crossed that, that would love to be a part of that squad. Um, personally, it's um, something a, a definitely a goal of mine to um, crack into that test team, and something I'm keeping keeping on aspiring to. But um, I guess for the for the near future, it's it's focusing on all white ball and 
trying to bring a World Cup home for Australia. That's that's definitely where my head's at at the moment. And yeah, fingers crossed in a month's time I get the good news. But we'll have to wait and see. Mate, we hope we hope you do get that good news uh, for the Ashes. Great news that the Ashes looks like it's going to be signed off on this week. And in addition to that, the first test at the Gabba, mate. We would love. We're big fans here at Sports Day, and we'd love to see you in the Whites take on the Poms in that first test on your home ground. That would that would just be that'd be a, a childhood dream, right? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be a. Uh... Yeah, it would be a dream come true. Um, obviously, playing shield cricket at the Gabba is, um, is is good enough, but to, to yeah to make make a test debut at, at home at the Gabba there would be unbelievable. But um, yeah, like I said, I uh, don't want to get my hopes up too much. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. And no, nah, we'll um, we'll push. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we'll go. push your case, mate. We'll we'll push your barrow. Actually, um, Crash Craddock was saying to us that Warney's best figures of any ground in Australia right. are at the Gabba. So there you go. There's a great case that you've got yeah, to include a, go. a local leggy. Absolutely, for sure, mate. Hey, great uh, great talking to Mitch. Good luck. We, uh, we hope it all goes well. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. No, of course, no Scott Sattler. He's deserted us for a week to go and do a show with Pat Welsh. I, I can't believe I think, it. I think he got his notice today. I think they've given it to him. <laughs> Have they? Well, oh, it's been terrible, his performance this year. Yeah, well, it has been. <laughs> but you know what, though? This is the only reason we can get this man on the show, because he refused to come on if Sats was in the studio. Uh, yep. <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys uh, coach and former teammate of Benji Marshall in 2005 when they won that GF, Todd Payton. Welcome to Sports Day, mate. Afternoon, fellas. How are we? Sats obviously got a... Um, better cash off to somewhere else, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it, Toddy. Well, he's had a big week, Toddy. Grand for former grand final hero, and oh, you should have seen him. He was like a he was like a, a politician kissing babies at the grand you know, final. You know, Toddy, he's the only Penrith player in former Penrith player in Queensland. So they got him to do everything, and he, he thought it was because he was yeah, a yeah. star, but it's just because yeah. there was just no one else. Yeah, good on him. Wouldn't have been doing it for nothing either. Oh, no. no that's, that's true. <laughs> so true. But don't worry. He'll declare it all. Don't worry about that. Now, listen, before we, <laughs> before we get into the conversation about Benji, I just want to play this one little piece of audio from the 2005 Grand Final. Down the ground, into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Jensen away. Pat Richards. Pat Richards has scored. A magnificent try. Link to the field stuff. Oh, that is one of the great grand final tries. Yeah, and Badge said that's probably one of the best grand final tries you've seen. Now, Tom, well, best best grand final pass I've ever seen. Passing, yeah. Did, did, did you realise straight away he'd thrown that flick pass to Paddy Richards? Yeah, yeah. Something we seem to do um, weekly, I reckon, at training. Um, but, you know, to have the audacity and um, confidence to attempt it in the grand final, um, yeah, that's a different story. But, you know, Paddy Richards had a fair bit of work to do and um, very pivotal moment in that game in 2005. Yeah, I, I, I thought Woogie would have done the right thing and actually played your try, which came after that and <laughs> sealed the game. For, people don't even remember that, Toddy, do they? Do, do you feel like you don't get a, your try doesn't get enough kudos? 
No, I, I remind people from time to time. Yeah, I, I know how you feel exactly. I, I, I've told Woogie many times, I scored a try in 89. I know people say to me, did you play in that game? <laughs> they just remember the stars. They remember the you know, Benji. They remember Steve Jackson. They remember Chicka Ferguson scoring. But but why don't you talk us, about the one where the plebs. ball bounced over your head? Yeah, I don't and talk Ciro about that. Good. <laughs> <Ciro> good. <laughs> hey, um, tell us a little bit about um, Benji. I think you was he already at the club when you went to the Tigers uh, in two thousand and four. Yeah. What were your first impressions of yep. him? Oh, look, he was fleet-footed. Um, he had good vision and he was a really confident kid without being too cocky, you know. He was really vocal at training um, and, you know, players gravitated towards him as did our fans and members and he was a really good kid to have around and really respectful and trained hard. So he was, he was an all-around good clubman. Mm. Um, you know, from that grand final, what people don't realise is that we were... Sheenzy was hiding him on the wing. Um, you know, he was, what, 18 at the time and defending in the front line. Teams were starting to target him after a few games and on kick returns, he'd push out to the wing and um, that was a kick return. He, he beat a couple of defenders and Paddy Richards pushed up in support. So uh, a little bit of, I guess, coaching there from Sheenzy and worked worked to our favour. Mm. He, he, he's an amazing talent. Sats has told us some stories about the stuff that he used to do at training and you sort of mentioned it there about... Oh. Those great skills he've got. Did Tim Sheens have much influence on him to, to maybe try to curb that flamboyance and that, that tendency to try to, you know, come up with the, uh, the big play or did he just allow Benji to play his own footy? Oh, I think Sheens, he tried to adjust our game plan to play to his strengths and obviously Robbie Farrow and we had a, a pretty attacking type of team. Um, I've got no doubt some of his hair went grey and some of his hair fell out having those two in the team and um, <laughs> yeah. I guess the the best thing I've watched Benji over time is mature as a footballer and understand that you know he didn't always have to go for the big play and he saw in his you know second half of his career how much control he had in his game and he's good to watch mm, I've credited I think Wayne Bennett a bit with that too that he seemed to change his game since he Teamed up with Wayne at the Broncos, and then you know when he came back from from rugby, what what sort of what sort of person is Benji away from footy, Todd? Yeah, look, he's yeah, um, he's a good guy to have around. He's always wanting to have a laugh. Um, good team man. You know, I know now he's a he's a he's a very good father and husband. Um, back in those early days, he liked to get out and. Um, on the town a little bit, but you know, um, part of <laughs> growing up and yeah, exactly. But you know, I've watched him over the past five, six years really mature and a, you know, a good, good person. He was always a good person, but he just, you know, he's just grown up into a man now. So uh, it's been good to watch from afar. Yeah, we, we've been talking about his, um, you know, what what he did for the game, and some people call it their legacy, and the amount of fans that he that he attracted, the the kids that wanted to play footy just because they saw Benji Marshall, and, and we see that with some modern day players now too, you know, different different players. But Benji was one of those players that I I think has had an an enormous effect on our game in a positive way. What was it like as a player around him? You know, when you went to fan signing days and and that sort of stuff, was mm. he just was out out of the 
it was all always all about him with the kids. Oh, look, I've seen, I've only ever seen one person as popular as Benj, and that's Jonathan Thurston. And um, you know, Benj was good to have in your team because he would take, you know, all the um, attention, and he, you know, it was tough for him to deal with. But as a teammate, it wasn't wasn't a bad thing for the rest of us. So, you know, he took it in his stride. He understood where he, you know, where he stood in the game and how much he meant to people around him and particularly the young kids who were inspired to play rugby league and um, a certain sidestep and the no-look pass and all that sort of stuff. So oh, yeah. he certainly changed, I wouldn't say changed the way we, the game was played, but he certainly um, had an influence on, you know, certain five-eighths in the game. Oh, even as a yeah. South supporter, Toddy, I, I was um, at the game, luckily enough to be at the grand final on Sunday, and just the the affection from the crowd towards him, yeah. like apart from Adam Reynolds, the loudest cheer was for Benji Marshall, and he's only been at South for one year. It was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And the thing with Benji, like the you know four, five, six-year-old kids love him, and so do the 75, 80-year-old grandparents. Yeah. So he's, he's loved by everyone, and um, so he should be. He's, he's done a great job, and he's had a wonderful career, and he's, um, you know, He's ticked over 300 games. He's had four shoulder reconstructions. So he's had, yeah. yeah, and that doesn't count his test matches. And so, you know, to go through four shoulder reconstructions and to punch out the games he did at his age is, and play the quality of footy he did, it's a fair effort. Do you see, oh, do you see a, um, a role for him perhaps coaching at all, Toddy? I mean, would you have him in your rank? So he's got this great little media career going on with Fox, but yep. do you think he'd make a, a good coach? Yeah, he's got a good brain for footy. Um, I reckon he'd be a really good specialist or halves coach um, if he, you know, wanted to go down that space. I reckon he'd start there and then obviously wet his appetite and see how he'd go. But I know how much he enjoys the media and um, you know that side of it. And I think he's, I think he's got a, a strong career in front of him as well. Did he? Did he ever? How do you go on the dance floor? Because I know you've got some, you know, there's a big raps <laughs> Every as, a, time as a great confidence. dancer. How did he go? He can, um, he can move and he can he can play a piano. He can play guitar. What? Uh, what? Yeah, mate, it's ridiculous. The, the, really? The, the talent that, that falls out of him. He picks up Jeez. a guitar and just belts them along. And then anytime there was a piano in a, like in a hotel foyer, he would just, Sit on it and crowded turn around. It was it was almost a, a <laughs> predict what was going to happen. But yeah, he's got um, some ability in. in they make you sick, those people, don't they? Can <laughs> do everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and sing. There you go. And sing. <laughs> and sing. Oh, stop oh, it. He's, <laughs> he's got me covered in every department. Uh, we, we were talking earlier on about um, how Benji compares to the great. Kiwi players. I mean, we probably should just be talking about how he compares to the great NRL players, but he's one of the great Kiwis. You, you, you've had a bit to do with a, a few of them, I imagine. Um, how do you rank him? Yeah, I got to know Stacey Jones pretty well in the past couple of years over at New Zealand, and mm. yeah, he, he's you know, Ben should be right up there with Stace. Um, you know, Ruben Wiki. Um, yeah. Adam Blair, they've, they've punched out some, some serious games, even Steve Kearney for, for New Zealand. And I'd say he'd have to be in the top top five Kiwi players, if not in the top two, you know. So I'd hate to split Stacey and, and, and Benj, but 
have had a huge influence over rugby league in their their home country and particularly for the, the Maldi people. So, you know, he's, he's a great kid. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting today. I have not heard a bad word about him, Batch, and it's just it, it's just amazing that Someone's everyone... has got some dirt on yes, him come on. But obviously not talking. <laughs> They're not talking to Ring us. Ring Valley Ryan. <laughs> Righty, I will do that. <laughs> hey, mates, um, you've, you've been enjoying a bit of time off with the kids over the holidays when you're when you back in the office at the Cowboys. Yeah, so the staff will start on the 25th and... Uh, players come back on the 5th and the 19th so they'll get 8-10 weeks off and I'll start the heading next Monday and, and get the ball rolling. Do you go out and run with them mate? It's nice and cool up there in Townsville <laughs> in November, December. It'll be a beautiful time of year. No, 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 that's not my <laughs> go mate. The crazy stuff. Hey, what what do you think of the grand final, Todd? Before we let you go, that in Brisbane, uh, pretty good spectacle. I was lucky enough to be yep. there. Woogie was there. Was uh, did you, yep. you enjoy what you saw? Yeah, I did. I thought it was a really good contest. I thought both teams went at each other. I thought Nathan Cleary's control was a difference in the end. Um, mm. The way he kicked and and ran the show, and probably yeah, well, he deserved the, the Norm Smith medal. Both game, both teams were flying off the line and. Trying to whack each other, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, he got the Clive Churchill as well, so he's had a big, yeah, big weekend. You gave him the Norm Smith, mate. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Obviously, you love your AFL too. Actually, that was a great grand final the week before. Yeah, yeah, it was a cracker. We've been, oh, we, we've been sport for uh, footy over the last few weeks. Listen, we'll let you go, mate. It's great to hear your words about uh, Benji Marshall, one of the greats. Retiring from the game today. Hey, Todd, uh, no doubt we'll talk to you as we go into the next season. All the best at the Cowboys, and thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Too easy. Thanks for having me. This is Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Yeah, we've had some great interviews uh, this week on Off the Bench NRL. Before we wrap this sucker up, though, it's time to catch up with uh, Chris Nelson uh, for Racing Queensland. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. We've had a bit of problems with the tips. In fact, we've had some very bad (laughs) letters written to us this week. And can I just say, I'm not responsible for it. I'm just doing my job. I've been told I've got to put Chris Nelson on the air uh, sprinkle some dust on this segment and make him sound interesting. He gives us some tips and away we go. Uh, but it's been awful. Let's be, let's be honest. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. Well, it's not my fault either, Chase. It's the horse's fault. And Absolutely. Fault. I, I only yeah. do my best, but if they can't come to the party, well, there's not much I can do about it. So, uh, you know, I'll Chris, just keep on trying until they get it right. Chris, a lot of people are, stop me in the streets and say, do you know Chris Nelson? I usually say no. <laughs> And then they see the look <laughs> on my face of, the, of deceit. They say, "How does yeah. he pick? How does he pick his horses?" And I said, "I've got no idea. I've got no idea." I would say the the only people stopping you in the in the street are the police. They could have been police officers. But how how <laughs> how do you pick them, mate? The co- I, know, I know a joke about the cocky cage. That's not true. Uh, is it an octopus or what? What do you use? Well, I can't say it. Look, it's classified, Jase. It's best I keep that to myself. But some weeks it works and some weeks it doesn't. So mm. that's gambling. Which yes, that's true. And, and gamble, yes, correct. All right, mate. Now, you're going to do something a little bit different. There's racing everywhere, Saturday Arvo. Oh. Uh, you want to give us a, a tip in Melbourne, tip in Sydney and a couple at Eagle Farm. Go for it, my friend. I've got to try something new. Race, uh, <laughs> race nine at Caulfield is the two-rack handicap. 
number 11 here, I'm Thunderstruck. I thought it was a very, very good run in the Sarupa Have, we, have we backed uh, this somewhere else, mate? Not me. No, okay. no, not me. I wouldn't have. You might have, but I haven't tipped it to you. That's for sure. Okay. It's, uh, it's not a Queensland horse then. No, only had uh, seven starts for four wins, and all those runs have been down south. So okay. uh, you might have backed it, but I haven't tipped it. Oh, I reckon there's a, a fair chance. <laughs> that you didn't. <laughs> 16 to 16 in the Rupert Clark. Ran home really well from last. Uh, meets the two horses that beat at home that day, because it ran third. Better at the weight. 1,600 metres will suit. Should have probably won on that occasion. The format of that race, we've had a couple of runners. Dallas Sand ran eighth in that race. and since run third in the Epsom. And Probabil ran fifth in that race. has since run second in the Underwood behind Zaki. So there's plenty of ticks there for I'm Thunderstruck. I think uh, he can be winning the Turak race number nine on Saturday at Caulfield. Horse number 11. Moving on, Randwick. The uh, Roman Consul Stakes, 1,200 metres, race number five. Horse two, Paul Ailey for James Cummings and James McDonald. Very good combination there. Beat in the Congo first up, ran second to win the Congo second up. In the Congo then won the Golden Rose. Paul Ailey came out and ran second to Home Affairs, who's just about got an Everest slot sewn up. That was a very good run. I think will be far too good for these. Race five, number two, Paul Laley. Now, Jace, back mm. to our home base, mm-hmm. Eagle Farm Saturday. Yep. Uh, race two, number three. We've got the two-year-olds going around here. First of the two two-year-old races. Palazzo Spirit has been a standout from the trials and should be making a winning debut. Race two, number three. And one at odds here. Going to be late in the day. People might be chasing uh, a winner. Hopefully this can get them out. Well, after those first three six. tips, yes, there's a possible no, strong there'll be, chance. <laughs> they'll be so far in front after those first three. This will just add to the winnings. Right. Race nine, number six. She's our boss first up. Good form last prep. Certainly at the start of her campaign. She's had three trials. She's well weighted after Jaden Lloyd's claim. I think she's over the odds at around double figures. So we'll go with her something each way. Race nine, number six. She's our boss. And if at least two of those don't win, I'll be surprised. Uh, we won't be, but anyway, we've got those tips. Thank you very much for <laughs> uh, that, mate. Uh, now I know how you pick uh, them. Uh, uh, what? How? Your wife gives them to you. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if two of those don't win, <laughs> I won't be on next week, but I thought, no, nah, I can't afford to do that. We're not stuff. letting you off lightly, my friend. You've got to face <laughs> the music every single week. Uh, good luck with that gamble responsibly, by the way. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. You know we do like you, mate. You know that. Oh, well, I, I hope so. Well, you're cheap. I get that impression. Visit yeah, au, Mate, we'll uh, catch you next week. Oh, that's the end of Off the Bench. So I do this over, over the off-season. I do it solo without any sats, which is good, which is nice. Not actually. So having, that's it? Yeah, we're done, mate. So you're saying that's it for me? We need to go out on a high then. We do, mate. Uh, off the Bench and Chris Nelson. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll catch you later.